This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You all know I love traveling, but last year I found myself living in Germany during lockdown, okay? Lockdown meaning I had no friends, no support system, I couldn't speak the language. I was truly locked inside for months with my only social outings involving going to the grocery store and my only outlet being work, which was a fast track to feeling burnt out and isolated. I knew I needed help and someone to talk to, so I downloaded BetterHelp. It was exactly what I needed, and I've been using it ever since then. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your own convenience. I currently do it in my bedroom while traveling. One of the reasons I continue to use BetterHelp is because of the range of expertise and their 20,000-plus therapist network. It gives you access to help that you may not find available in your area. For example, maybe you're struggling with relationships, so you're seeking out someone who specializes in relationships. Or maybe you're struggling with family dynamics or depression, and you want to find someone that specializes in those fields, you can filter it out on the app. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I use the text feature all the time with my therapist, Rosalie. Between sessions, I'll share what's coming up, like any triggers or issues that I'm facing, and she helps me work through them before our next video session. It's honestly my favorite feature, especially with my time zone difference here in South Africa. And here's the thing, finding the right therapist is like dating, and you have to find the right match. Fortunately, with BetterHelp, you can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And guess what? You get a 10% discount off your first month of therapy. Just use my link betterhelp.com slash rife10. Oh, and P.S. They have financial aid. So check that out too. Again, use code rife10 at checkout or head to the link in my show notes where the code is automatically applied. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I am reporting live in my beautiful flat from Valencia, Spain. I am so excited to be back in Spain. I feel like this is my home. I think partially because my mom is Spanish and so it's easy to adapt to the culture here. Also, the weather is beautiful. The lifestyle is slower. I've been kicking off my mornings at the beach. I've been starting work later. People eat dinner later. Everything is just focused on like food and conversations and connecting. I love it here. What I don't love is the heat and the fact that I wake up every morning with a sore throat because of my portable fan. And I am trying to figure out how to be cool while sleeping and not dying in the heat. So if anyone has suggestions on something that does not involve a portable fan, we have an AC, but it's all the way in the living room. And so I'm trying to keep my door open to like let it flow through. But then I also keep hearing open your windows so that it can circulate out. And then other people are like, no, close your windows so that it doesn't actually leave the apartment. And I don't know what to do. I've been waking up every morning with a sore throat. I've been waking up every morning either really hot or like kind of okay, but then again, feeling like shit. So I'm like, can anybody help? Does anyone have experience in this? 
please let me know because I cannot keep living like this. However, I've been drinking a lot of Tinto Veranos, which you know is my favorite drink in the world. It's literally red wine and limon Fanta. So think of it as like almost Sprite and that's it. It is the best drink on planet earth. I don't care if it sounds trashy. I don't care if you wouldn't make it. It seriously is the best drink. I've already hooked like three people on it and you can't go wrong. It is such a good beach drink. It's good for night. I mean, I don't know if you want to drink it for breakfast, but maybe you could. But yeah, I uh, I think my blood will be running on Tito Veranos by the end of this. And I will be really, really tan because the sun is scorching here. Half the people of Valencia have actually left to go up north or go on holiday because it is so hot. And yeah, they don't want to work right now because they're like, mm, there's nothing really to do. It's too hot. Let's go travel. So it's really interesting to go places and have limited availability or they're just closed for the month. So we've had to figure out, you know, how to entertain ourselves. But again, there's the beach, there's bars, there's restaurants. We're a fun group. There's 27 of us. And if you're wondering about this group, I'm on a group trip right now with a company called Remote Year, and we all travel together for four months and we go to Portugal next and then Croatia. So we're spending this month in Spain. Our social calendars are packed. I'm going to Mallorca and Ibiza soon. I love Mallorca. My phone lock screen right now is like all pictures of Mallorca. Um, I think Ibiza is overrated and I said no originally to going and somehow I am very easily persuaded. So now I'm going to be going and I really hope the third time around I'm not disappointed. So if you've been to Ibiza and you're like, Chelsea, you're doing it wrong, please tell me so that I can stop hating it and thinking that it's overrated. Because again, I've been two times now and every time I'm like, I don't really like this place. So help a girl out. Um, Mallorca, I cannot wait. Crystal clear blue waters. People are thinking of going to Barcelona, but I've been in Barcelona a few times now, and I also don't think I need to go. It's very Americanized, and I'm just not, I don't know. I don't feel the magic in Barcelona like other people do. I know a lot of people are like, what, Chelsea, are you crazy? Um, but yeah, I've been three times, and I'm never like blown away by it. I really love Valencia. I love Mallorca, and I want to see some other cities. So if you know some cool cities in Spain, please let me know. We're here for the month, and I cannot wait to explore. So last week, I repurposed an episode that I was on, on Natalia Benson's podcast, where I talked about the power of podcasting for your business. I got such amazing feedback, and I realized I've been on so many podcasts where you hear a different perspective because I'm the guest, where as a host, I really try not to interject my opinion and my stories all the time because I like to make my guests feel like the star because they are. That's why I invite them on. So oftentimes when I'm doing an interview, you don't get to hear my full side of things. So I've been doing so many interviews on other podcasts. I was like, wait a second. I feel like people could learn a lot just from hearing me speak as a guest. So today's episode is repurposed from the 12th house. You all know I love the 12th house podcast. I love Michelle. I love Wallace. I love the whole holisticism team. And I had the honor of being on their podcast. And we talked about how not to quit your podcast. So I thought this was pretty relevant because I know I've been getting an influx of new listeners that either have a podcast or want to start one, but they don't know how to sustain it. And I've talked to a lot of people in the last two months that are a little burnt out. And I've even seen people pod fade. And if you don't know what that is, it's actually a phenomenon where 
a lot of podcasters will stop podcasting after seven episodes because they realize the work is way too much and the return is way too little. It's way too hard. They're not getting enough downloads. They're not seeing an influx of clients. They're not getting any messages about their podcasts. And so they're like, what am I doing spending all this time creating a podcast when like nothing's happening? Um, that happens for a number of reasons. It happens because you don't have the right systems in place or you don't have a content strategy. And so you're repeating yourself a lot and you're losing interest. It might happen because you lost a co-host. It could happen because life events and you can't keep up your schedule. So there are so many different reasons people pod fade. And it's unfortunate because I know so many people that love people's podcasts. And because the, the podcaster themselves isn't seeing like hundreds of thousands of downloads, they stop. And I'm like, oh, I wish they would just keep going because they were helping so many people that's happening even several friends of mine that have started podcasts and i'm obsessed with them and then they're just like no i don't like doing it anymore i'm gonna stop and again they just don't have the structure in place or the strategy or they lost interest and it really breaks my heart because i i'm a little biased i love podcasting but i also just know those podcasts could really help so many people now i've had my podcast for five years now it will be five years in november um, I experienced pod fade myself. If you go back to 2017 when I started it and 2018, there's a huge gap when I just stopped producing episodes. My podcast actually started out as a creative outlet and a hobby. I just loved talking and loved interviewing people. And that was my background in college was reporting and broadcasting. So it was just something really natural that I loved doing. But I was working full time. I was like in my mid 20s. I wanted a party. I wanted to go out and date. I didn't want to make this a priority. And I didn't use it as a marketing tool because I didn't have a business. So for me, I was putting a lot of time and energy into it and I wasn't really like loving it. And so I stopped doing it. But then probably after four or five months of not doing it, I realized how much I missed it. And it became pretty clear that no matter what the podcast becomes, whether it is a business channel or a fun thing to do or a creative hobby or a resource, I love doing it. I love talking. I'm a verbal processor. I absolutely could not live without speaking for an hour every week. Um, I really just can't shut up. So I was like, I have to get my podcast back up and running. And then eventually I figured out systems and things to help sustain it. So if you're like, okay, spill the tea. How do you sustain it? How do you not burn out? How do you not quit? Because you love doing it and you don't want to quit. Then this episode is definitely for you. The whole episode was inspired by Holisticism's own courses that they run called Notion for Magical Baddies, and they help you set up systems for your own business, for social media, for content creation. They really are a wealth of knowledge. It's probably the only membership I've stayed in this long that I've gotten this much value out of, and they know their shit. Like, that's why I haven't left that membership yet. They do not gatekeep. They give away so much incredible information, and so it was such an honor to be able to give back to their community and tell people how to really run a podcast and not quit and be excited about it. Because I really think podcasting is one of the best ways to express yourself. And if you're a business owner, it's an incredible way to bring in new leads and clients and even convert people without having to do a ton of Instagram posts and reels and TikToks and IG lives and emails. Like just talk about your offer on your podcast and the philosophy behind it and who it's for. And I can almost guarantee people will be really excited to work with you and you won't have to do as many sales calls. So you know I'm biased. I've been podcasting forever. I ended up turning it into my career for podcast coaching. And so today you're going to hear that whole story on the 12th House podcast, which I'm repurposing to mine.
Before we dive in, the month of August has a really special giveaway. It's kind of similar to July, but it's a little more generous that anyone who leaves a review during the month of August is getting a free 30-minute podcast consult. So right now I only offer 15-minute consults and those go by really, really fast. So if you actually need more of a deep dive and you want to launch a podcast, you probably need content strategy, you need ideas, you need a plan. That would be where you need more time, which you could win from leaving review and getting a 30-minute consult with me. Now let's say you have a podcast, but you're like, I can't sustain it. It doesn't seem to be growing. I would like to monetize, but I have no idea. I just need help like continuing what I'm doing without burning out. Then what we'll do in this consult is an audit. So we'll figure out what's working, what's not, and how you can move forward or grow and even monetize. So again, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is a written review. Take a screenshot and then send it into info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife, and you will get that free 30-minute podcast consult. All right, well, let's jump into this week's episode, which is a little different where you're hearing me as a guest on the 12th House podcast. We're here today with a lovely guest. We have Chelsea. Chelsea. (laughs) Right. We truly love her. So this is emblematic of how we feel about Chelsea. You met Chelsea through holisticism and you were on her pod. Yeah, she mentions it in this episode, but yeah. she asked me to be on her podcast and I I like very rarely get asked to be on podcasts. So I was like, oh my God, so honored. And um, she was great. She was such a good interviewer. I had such a fun time and her podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And that was before we even had the 12th house. And since we've stayed in touch and then she joined the North Node a while ago. And I feel like at this point, she's taken so many of our Notion classes and she's just such a powerhouse herself with podcasting. And she's been in the game for a long time. She really has. We talk more about how she started podcasting, how she took a break, what it's like to produce podcast content consistently. So it's really cool to hear her perspective. And she talks a lot about the systems that have allowed her to continue to publish content consistently and what she did to get there. And that was cool to hear because she's been, I think, making her podcast since 2017. We'll link it in the show notes. She also has podcasting labs. She has coaching and she's also just an all around treat to be around. She's one of those people where I'm like, oh, I would tell you all my secrets. Totally. That's because she's such a good interviewer. I'm a bad interviewer, I would say. But when you listen to someone who's really good at asking the really good questions and getting people to spill, that is a skill. It takes time and takes practice. And she teaches people how to do it. It's funny because her podcast is in my non-expert opinion, but now she's kind of a podcast expert. (laughs) (laughs) So we were so grateful to have Chelsea on and hear about her systems that allow her to keep creating as she travels the world. She's also a very intrepid traveler. Yeah. And that's not easy. I know that you and I, Wallace, are like very easily dysregulated when we travel. (laughs) Like I need it. But it seems like Chelsea really has that down pat. And I think her systems have helped her do that. Let's get into the episode. Chelsea, go ahead and introduce yourself. We're so happy that you're here. Finally on the pod. Yes, I'm so stoked. So I'm Chelsea Reif. I'm a mindset and podcast coach, and I help people launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts through strategy and a whole lot of personality. Hell yeah. Yeah, you do. I was just reading an article about some girl who has this crazy, amazing podcast and how she did it. And when I was actually crunching the numbers on it, I was like, wait. (laughs) Her podcast is like 
the same as our podcasts, <laughs> you know, all of us here. It was so funny how she just no shade to her at all, but like how marketing speak and like how you set yourself up can totally set you apart. And it reminded me of you because you're so good at sort of like finding that n- niche. I didn't say niche, Wallace. Oh. Niche. <laughs> and that like unique thing that someone may have to start a podcast and what really makes them stand out and also it makes their content valuable and like highlighting it. And I think so many people are afraid that no one will listen or they have nothing interesting to say or that they don't know like what they could possibly make that's interesting. And just after spending the weekend with you at Quantum Con and just knowing you from the North Node, I know that's your superpower. Oh, thank you. I want to hype you up. You know, tagline, <laughs> like podcasting is my superpower. Put it on my website. Honestly, for real. It should be. <laughs> I love that. I'll also have to send you this article after this. That is so helpful because I was actually just meeting with a podcast client yesterday and she had taken a podcast course and she was showing me her media kit and she was like, yeah, the course creator told us like fudge our numbers a little bit. And I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> We're just like making shit up now. Okay. I didn't know that, but it seems to be a theme. That's what people, well, that's what lots of men told me when I was raising money for holisticism. And they're like, just lie about your numbers. And I was like, that's not kind of what I do. I have way too much anxiety to lie about my numbers. I'm sorry. I know. I was like, there's a way to position yourself where you don't have to like scam your way into brand deals, but we're in spring, right, we're like spring you, and summer so maybe that's the move i don't know <laughs> right like i think people don't realize that they're already impressive like yeah the fact that you're just like showing up honestly is already way more impressive than like most people and you have to own that and that you're showing up consistently mm-hmm. one of the really incredible things about your work too is how long you've been showing up consistently like how long have you had your podcast now since 2017 <gasps> yeah that's <gasps> OG, dude. Unreal. It's weird to think that I've committed to something this long because I've never committed to anything this long. And I think it just shows like when you find a medium that works for you, you want to keep being consistent. And I saw that when I took a break one time, I was like, uh, like this is a lot of work. I'm just going to take four to six months off. Like it completely derailed my podcast. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what I'm talking about each week to an extent, like people just want to hear from you. And so I was like, I'm just going to make a commitment to show up every week. So I haven't taken a break probably in two or three years. I might in July because I'm starting to travel, but it kind of goes along with the theme of what you all have been talking about of like people just want to hear from you and they want consistency. They don't need you to deliver expert level industry professional advice. It's just like, I'm interested in your takes. And I noticed that with myself, like, oh, people actually do want to hear about my dating life or like my travel stories or something. And it's something that when I started, I didn't think that. I think especially with podcasts, it's such an interesting medium. Like people want to hang out and we all, listen. and I have talked about this before, it's like a conversation that you can participate in without having to like put the energy of participating in. (laughs) You feel like you're with your friends, but you didn't have to leave your house. They don't know you exist. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I was listening to you this morning and I was like, oh, I literally feel like I'm hanging out with them and like we're in my bathroom getting ready. Maybe not, but. (laughs) But it's still really exciting. I love getting ready personally. It's my favorite way to hang out with my friends. Yeah. I miss it from going out time. So I love that. Podcasting is the new going out. (laughs) It really is. It's the staying in. (laughs) But Charles, even though you've been creating your podcast for a long time, it sounds like you didn't have necessarily a ton of systems behind behind you and your content creation process, which I'm just guessing here. But was that maybe why you had to take so much time off for the podcast for a while? 
Yeah, I was doing it when I had a full-time job. So I was literally doing it on my lunch breaks. We worked in a WeWork, so I would use the WeWork conference spaces and like invite guests in. It was actually pretty funny because people thought it was my full-time job because of the WeWork setup. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm on my lunch break and we have to make this an hour. Right. So we got to hurry and like get this done. Yeah, it's so scrappy. Parameters are good. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I had that and I, I genuinely loved doing it. So the motivation to do it was there. It was just eventually... Yeah, there were no systems. There was no content planning. It was kind of just like I would meet people and they would say, oh, you should meet this person. I'm like, yeah, I'll interview them this week. And then I would interview that person like you should meet this person. And I got really lucky with all the guests I had on in the beginning. But then it started to pile on and then people were reaching out and I want to be on your podcast. But I was like, wait, I want this person to be on my podcast. But I know you're cool. But it was just so overwhelming. And then full time job. I was also 20 seven or 28. And I was like, I still want to party and have fun. So I'm not <laughs> going to plan ahead. Yeah. And I'm just going to wing it. And then eventually, yeah, I took a really long break. And actually, even when I came back, it was really sporadic. And I said that I was like, hey, I'm just going to post when I want to post just buckle up and you'll be along for the ride. And it's interesting because I actually do think podcasters have more flexibility with that. Because when you subscribe, people do just get that alert right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, when people like what you do, and you you know, you want to set that consistent schedule up when you veer from that, they are kind of like, okay, well, is she doing this or not? And yeah, that energy ended up being not sustainable. And I was like, okay, I need to clean my shit up. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think podcasting especially or any, any type of content, it's like a habit, right? To ingest it. I think I will speak for myself. I'm such a podcast person. Like I know when my favorite podcasts come out. I know when they publish. I like look forward to them and I want to listen to them that day. And if they go away, something else fills my time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if I really love the content, it sort of gets dropped down on my list. And that consistency really matters. I feel like we found we found that when we took our break with this podcast, The Twelfth House. Not that like people went away, but it it takes a little bit of time for people to be like, oh, good, you're back. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I like this a lot. We actually did a similar thing this year. You kind of have to be on or off. I noticed that too. I I always tell clients, don't start out committing to a weekly podcast because it's like a full-time job. I would do seasons. I would do bi-weekly because also people get so invested into you and what you have to say that they are going to want more from you and they Mm -hmm. are going to be waiting for that episode to drop. And it is a little bit jarring when your favorite podcaster just disappears for like three months and you're like, I guess they're not doing it anymore. Like, are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what happened? Yeah. I think you guys know this too, probably like there's a stat that I think most people drop off after seven episodes. And I do think that's from a lack of like planning and systems and not realizing how much work goes into a podcast. 100%. I think it sounds really easy to like (laughs) sit in front of a mic and maybe like interview someone like you just have to have a conversation. It is not that is not what it is like. (laughs) Uh, No, that is so not what it is like. (laughs) I started out my marketing like that. I was like, it's so easy. You just plug in a microphone and record and you're done. And then I was like, Chelsea, that's not true. Like, that's literally (laughs) why I stopped for a second. Like, it is so much work. And then I realized, yeah, people need to understand before they commit to it that it's not just plugging in a microphone and saying a few things on the mic. No, the people who at least I have heard be like, everyone has a podcast these days and make those. They don't have podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) When people say that, I'm like, I don't know that many people have podcasts. I'm also from a really small town in Florida. So I'm like one of the only podcasters in my county, probably. (laughs) But yeah, I'm it's so interesting when people say that. I'm like, "Mm, 
people have podcasts, but they don't keep them up. They yeah. usually stop after like five episodes. And, and when you look at the stats of what are the top 10, 5, 1% of downloads and podcasts, you really learn that, yes, it's a new medium with a lot of new adopters, but it's not crowded because it's not easy. It's not easy. And to your point on that stat, I just read something too that like, if you have more than 25 downloads in your first episode, you're already in the top 50% yes. of podcasters because so yeah. many people just give up and yeah. a lot of people launch, but then they don't stay consistent or keep posting. Right. Yeah. And to your point, the whole saturation argument, I'm like, that's kind of if people think it's saturated, I'm like, that's kind of good that there's a market. It shows that people are interested. It's like I always use this analogy of a library. I'm like, there's not too many self-help books like people keep publishing self-help books. People keep publishing spiritual books. We'll never stop consuming them because when you like one thing, you just want more of it. So in my opinion, I'm always like, it's good if you feel like it's saturated because people are loving it and like thirsty for that style of content and that medium. So jump on it while you can. I love that analogy. That's such a good analogy. And people like will find you, especially with podcasts and binge all of your content. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the I actually this, the coolest thing happened to me this week. I ran into someone on the street and she was like, Michelle Pelazon. <laughs> I was like, hi. I looked terrible. It was like our day off after Quantum Con. She, her name's Paige. Hey, Paige. She was like, oh my gosh, I listened to the 12th house. I just found it a couple months ago and I binged the whole thing. And I was like, you know, about to cry. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, this podcast has been around for a year and a half and they just found it and they listened to every single episode. Like in a, oh, yeah. it sounds like a couple I did that too. When I found you guys, I was like, bye I just binged the whole entire thing and then I was like sign up for North Node like that's actually how I ended up becoming such an active member was through your podcast yeah it's so cool but to your point and to what you do like you really need systems to number one keep yourself from burning out and number two like actually support the creation process because if you're worried about all the admin stuff you're I don't know about you Chelsea I would love to hear your perspective but I know for me and I think I can speak for Wallace too like if we're caught up in admin our creative brains basically turn off like we can't come up with that like the juicy stuff that is what people love about us what was it like for you before you had those systems integrated for yourself or I guess like well yeah let's stop there <laughs> First of all, without systems, I had zero promotion because I literally didn't have the bandwidth. So oh, I didn't very have an important. email list. <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't have. I think just two years ago, I started an Instagram for it. And I'm still kind of figuring out the social media piece because that's like a whole other systems ballgame. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't have any promotion. So that's something looking back. I'm like, wow, I probably could have grown this podcast in a much different way if I had proper systems in place. But because I committed to a weekly episode, the turnaround was so quick. It was basically record, edit, publish, maybe throw up a few Instagram stories. And then it's like, we're already on to the next episode. Mm -hmm. So I, again, had no promotion. I had no opportunity to like expand on what I ever talked about. It was always just like, okay, next one, next one. And that's how I burned out so quickly too, because I was like, this is unsustainable. And then I also feel like, I stopped talking about what I really wanted to talk about. To your point, the creative piece, I didn't have the space to actually like open up my mind to topics that I wanted to talk about. So what I did instead was basically bring on a ton of guests to kind of like carry through my content. And I will say I love interviewing. It's something that I love. I'm just a curious person in general. And you're really so, good at it. And not everyone's a good interview. In fact, well, most you. people are not good interviewers. <laughs> I went to school for it. So I'm like, I hope that $50,000 I spent on my master's really like came into play. But yeah, I love interviewing. And but there was a point where I like looked at my 
kind of email one time and I was like, I'm pretty sure my next 14 episodes are interviews. And that gives me no space to talk about things that I want to talk about. And when I actually looked at my data, which, by the way, I also never really had time to do because I was always just turning around the podcast. I was like, oh, this is really interesting that my most downloaded episodes are the one where I talked to my sister about dating (laughs) or my mom came in to give advice around dating, not all these like expert interviews and influencers and authors. So it was kind of like I had almost in a way booked out my content calendar. And I say that in air quotes because there was like no content calendar, Mm -hmm. my fake content calendar with guests to just keep the content going. But when you looked at the data, that wasn't what was performing well. People wanted to hear from me, but then it created this vicious cycle where I didn't have time to create the things I wanted to create. So it just turned it almost I'll say this turned into a chore. It was just like, okay, well, I have my podcast. I committed to it. I guess I'll just keep it up. Here's another guest. And I started like resenting it a lot. (laughs) I was just like, okay, like get ready. Another episode dropping. But I lost the fun in it. Yeah. And what you are pointing out is like reassessment, right? Which is like so important to any like system because systems can sound so boring, (laughs) so dry, like so like the opposite of like creative freedom. They sound like rigid, at least to me as like a squiggly brained, intuitive, very creative person. And my favorite thing about systems is that they give us the time to be like, wait, what? (laughs) Do I like doing this thing? Is this thing working? Like, is it giving me pleasure? Is it revitalizing me, rejuvenating me? regenerating me and my work and if not like why I need to fix that or else we just like go way too far down this path of doing things because we feel indebted to them or like we're supposed to be doing it and that's what kills your creative passion and eventually like kills any project because people can feel that energy behind what you do too Guess what? We have not a not sponsored. This is sponsored. Actually sponsored by the lovely, aesthetically pleasing and wonderfully built meditation app open. Truly the best, the best meditation app. Kind of BFF. Obsessed with that. And they also have recently added a ton of new content. They have a bunch of series talking about the science of breath work. And they also have daily meditations. They have sleep meditations. They have new movement classes. And sometimes caffeine's not going to do the trick. Like you just can't have more caffeine in a day. So (laughs) sometimes you really just need to do a little meditation, a little breath. And if you're a squiggly brain person, you're going to love open because everything about the experience keeps you engaged. It's like all said gorgeous and the music mm. is so good and all the teachers are amazing. They're also gorgeous. They're also Everyone I think who are I think you have gorgeous. to be attractive for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the meditation, man. Maybe meditation yeah. makes you glow. Yeah. I mean, breathwork is good for everything. It must be good for your skin. It's got to. So, you can actually try it for free. This is a good deal. <laughs> Seriously. Such a good deal. It's actually like a crazy deal. It's 30 free days. You can use code holisticism with the link in our show notes and honestly, you should join us it's a great way to do a little reset have the skin glow a little more amen yeah try it for free you've got nothing to lose right except for your sanity but <laughs> <laughs> you already lost it i will say i feel so good when i take a brain shower with open in the morning and add it into my morning routine can't say enough great things about open so download the app use the code holisticism We are thinking and talking about systems today and what makes that consistent creation possible. And Chelsea, to your point, you start resenting the thing that you love, really, when you don't have a moment to pull back and really look from a bird's eye view. Why are we doing this? Do I even want guests? What is the content that we really want to talk about? And for you, what what was that turnaround point where you were like, I can't keep 
going down this path. Your moment of highest tension, you might say. Oh, yeah. So interestingly enough, podcast swaps, I don't even think this is a secret, are like one of the best ways to grow your podcast. So I was on this podcast and all of a sudden I had leads like literally blowing up. It was like that moment that you're like, oh shit, my business is about to pop off. And then like all of a sudden I was getting these leads and I was like, oh my gosh. So I was dealing with this whole, I had a lack of systems in my business too. So I was dealing with all these leads coming in, people ready to work with me. But then I also had to keep up this podcast and then I had interviews and I was trying to schedule these clients and it was just a mess. I was actually like having a little bit of a nervous breakdown and I'm like, this is crazy. So I remember my moments have highest tension was like, I can't do this by myself. So I hired a virtual assistant who specialized in systems, like her title is literally system specialist. And she was like, yeah, she's like, we have an opportunity to clean up a lot here. So she's like, we can make an onboarding process for your clients. And I think we can almost mimic the same thing for your podcast. Like when you have a guest, they fill out a form and then it automates and goes to your Google Drive and then it alerts you. And like she set up all these things that that's not how my brain worked. And so having someone lay that out for me and show me the importance of that. And then to your point, show me how much free time it created for me to be more creative because I did think that I was when I hired her, I was like, just so you know, I hate all project management software. I write everything in a notebook. I have a really good photographic memory. So like (laughs) anything you ask, I literally thought my memory was like a project management tool. I was like, I'll remember everything. (laughs) And then, of course, as I started getting busier and busier, things were just slipping through the cracks. And I also didn't like how I was not really keeping my guests in the loop. It was like, oh shit, their episode just went live and like they don't even know and I'm not really sending them a link. And by the time I sent it to them, it was like three weeks late. So then that's when I was like, okay, this is actually a hot mess. Like we need to clean up the podcast systems. And we worked really hard for honestly like a year trying to clean up how we not only run the podcast on the back end, but then alert guests and then make it easier for me so I can just show up and record versus piecemealing everything together and hoping to like, you know, Frankenstein something by the end of the week and have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you also said we took almost a year because there's a lot of upfront work and setting up systems, but they're also compounding. You're constantly adjusting them as you go and refining them. And and hopefully if they're robust, they continue to provide dividends for lack of a better word, but they really are compounding and evolving and kind of alive beings. Yeah. And, and I think people can get frustrated really easily with, oh, this isn't working. I now hate all systems. Yeah. We experienced that where in the beginning I was like, everything she was showing me, I was like, nope, hate it don't like it hate that I hate this yeah I was like I'm flowy I'm an Aquarius so I hate I'm like always rebelling and disrupting I was like it's not like innovative enough for me but then it was just like why does it need to be innovative (laughs) me too I'm like sometimes I'm like sorry I have to apologize I just argued for the sake of arguing I don't even really believe in oh my god I've actually heard you say that I don't even really believe in this but That happened with my VA. She was like, maybe we should like color code your calendar. I was like, I don't do color coding. And then she looked at it recently. She's like, your whole calendar is color coded. I was like, I may have misspoke. (laughs) So yeah, I like when she set it up to your point, I did not like it. We had to adjust. But then the other thing was when I started getting busier and people started 
um, wanting to be on my podcast, pitching me more, my inbox was now full of not only my clients, but guests that I was actively in their interviewing or that whole process was set up or pitching me. So then my email inbox was like a hot mess. So then we had to figure out a system for filtering my emails. And then I had to bring people on because I was like, I actually just can't do this by myself. I need an editor. I need someone that's like filtering these requests. I just need help. And so we had to adjust the system again because now we have to loop the editor in. We have to loop the VA in. We have to loop the guest in. And so this is wild, but my VA actually created like this swim lane of it looks like what engineers probably create for an actual like product launch of a tech company. Yeah, but I, I was like, we need that because there's there's so many pieces involved and especially virtual, like the files and the downloads and the graphics and oh my gosh, she created this crazy system. But to your point, it was not easy. In the beginning, I hated it. And it took us a long time. And we're still kind of testing it and being like, oh, that one piece doesn't really work. We're gonna have to take that out. But I can see it's worth all this back and forth, because in the end, it's going to allow me to just show up and record and be creative. Yeah. I mean, customizing systems to also how your brain works. And as you bring on people to your team, what works for them? Because if you have one person who's like, nope, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I don't pay attention to deadlines in that way. That means that the whole system needs to be like, you know, you kind of have to shake it up for that person. But I'm so curious, like we've been talking about systems for just kind of organizing your podcast, your podcast. But I want to hear about the new systems that you've implemented for actually making your content, like what you learned in Notion for Magical Baddies. Because, and also like, what were you trying before that just didn't work for you? Because for me, that's when I like... I feel like I was resistant to systems because I tried things that were supposed to work for other people, but never really worked for my brain. And then when I found what clicked for what worked for me, it was like, oh, great, this is easy. So what was that for you? So what did not work was basically seeing a task and then seeing all the little subtasks that had to go with it in one large list. Ugh. Because I would just, for example, I'll just say the software Asana, oh, at yeah. least the way it. we had built it was like you open up and it was like a hundred tasks and then each one had a date and this and that. And I was like, my brain is completely shutting down when I open this. It's so, so I'm overwhelming. like, we cannot use Asana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is overwhelming. I like just simplicity, like header, bullet, bullet, bullet header, bullet, bullet, bullet. Like that's how my brain works. So we noticed that didn't work. And then I tried switching to Notion without ever watching any Notion trainings. <laughs> so I was just like, bold, pick a template, Play, move, yeah, like, see what happens. <laughs> and then I was like, that's not really working because I don't even know how to use this thing. And then I took Notion for Magical Baddies, the digital systems and spells. And what that helped me with actually from a creative standpoint was archetype embodiment. So I was like, I'm going to be the joker. I'm going to be the creative director. I'm going to be the prolific creator. And I remember it allowed me to have more fun on my podcast. And I remember like getting more reviews during that time and wow. people DMing me like, I'm loving your content. It's so fun and this and that. And then I was having more fun in, on Instagram. And I realized too, that the way I had like the archetype embodiment too of like becoming the prolific creator was also becoming the smarter creator mm -hmm. of like repurposing things. So then I would take whatever I had taken or talked about on my podcast, repurpose it for my Instagram and email. And I was like, why have I not been doing this for <laughs> four years? Like this is so much easier. Yeah. And I used to think of everything as three separate entities. Like my email is this whole different thing from my podcast and my Instagram. So I, every time I had to get on one of these platforms, it was like a total nervous shutdown of like, 
now I have to put on my writer hat. Now mm. I have to put on my reels hat. And I'm like, no, you can actually just take the content from the podcast and repurpose it. And then I think also digital alters, what it really helped me do too, was think of content not so rigidly. Like I remember you had us do an exercise of like, you know, what's like a core belief you have and then like sub beliefs around that basically. And then an op-ed argument. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you made us all break out in breakout rooms and like, what's just something you're thinking about right now? And I was like, how does this have anything to do with my podcast? Like, this is not helpful. You're like, I am so annoyed. Michelle is off yeah, topic. I was like, <laughs> these are not my content pillars. And then I remember my thing actually was scamming. And I was like, this is really interesting. And then, yeah, then it, you start to see the thread of like, oh, scamming has to do with like human connection and emotion and people want to be accepted. And why do why are we so easily persuaded and psychology? And then it's like, oh, I actually could see how this fits into my content. And it started making me think of content in such a different way that now when I create content, it's much more thoughtful and it's much more researched and I have more opinionated stances on it, which I feel like before it was just kind of like, oh, fluffy little topic of the week. And now it's like, no, I have time to actually form an opinion around it because I have systems set up. So I'm not worried about downloading a link, sending it to a guest like that's all taken care of already. So I have time to actually bring up things to either back up my argument or, um, you know, bring in a guest that can help me like explain that a little bit better. And so I feel like that system just in and of itself of like, content planning mm -hmm. and content creation changed the game for me. Even recently, I also created my own little podcast planning template inside Notion. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually have a clear outline of how many episodes I have to go until I like hit a certain point. And so I could start turning down guests, but in a way that wasn't like, I don't know, I used to just be like, I don't know my calendar. Like I can't help, like we'll just regroup when I can. And now I'm like, oh, no, I can actually see that my calendar is booked through July. Like, I do not want to do an interview with you because it's going to be irrelevant. Exactly. Let's circle back in the fall. And I can easily just look at that system in Notion and be like, here's my plans. It also helps with brand partnerships, too. Oof. I'm like, hey, my my plans are locked in. And they're like, oh, OK, let's talk where before I didn't have that confidence because I literally had no systems or content calendar or anything. Yeah. So now it's it's just been incredible, not only, again, from an organization standpoint, but I can tell, like, I can feel my content is getting better. And I can tell that from the data, qualitative and quantitative. And so all around, it's just been amazing to see that, like, systems is not a dirty word. I want to see your systems. I know. <laughs> I know. You need to do a show and tell. Chelsea, this has been so lovely and we could talk to you endlessly and we sh probably should do a part two. I know. But we'd love to direct people to your podcast, your content. Yeah, my podcast itself is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And then my website is ChelseaRife.com. My Instagram is at ChelseaRife. And I always am doing labs, like monthly labs. I have one coming up called Interview Lab, where you're going to learn the art of interviewing. I'll have one around monetizing and pitching brands and running your own paywalls and how to really monetize in non-traditional ways. And right now I'm in the space of making podcasters excited about podcasting again and better storytellers. So that's what a lot of my content is now is one-on-one -on -one coaching and courses to help you actually really refine your skills as a storyteller. And you're so good at it. So listeners, uh, if you want a part two with Chelsea, maybe we'll go like deep dive behind the scenes on the ins and outs of how to make a podcast and maybe like what we wish we'd known Ooh. and best practices. Ooh. Let us know in the reviews upvote upvote yeah upvote up listen share and let us know thanks chelsea
Okay. So a little meta, right? Like I'm a guest on my own podcast this week. And so I'm curious, what do you think? Do you you like these? Are they a little weird? Like hearing me as a guest on my own podcast? I think they're really fun because you get to just hear a different perspective. Again, I don't talk a lot when I'm interviewing people about my perspective and story. So I think it's cool to hear those pieces on other podcasts. So yeah, let me know what you think. DM me at Chelsea Rife or email me info at ChelseaRife.com. And just a reminder, anybody who leaves a review during the month of August is going to win a free 30-minute consult. Okay, completely free. All you have to do is leave a review. It has to be a written review on Apple Podcasts, so not just the five-star rating. This is only for written reviews. And send a screenshot to me at Chelsea Rife on Instagram or info at ChelseaRife.com to my email. I would take a screenshot before you submit it because sometimes it could take like 10 days to show up. I don't know why Apple, like the number one tech company in the world, has such an issue with reviews showing up, but I constantly hear that there's an issue with submitting. So definitely take it before you hit submit so that you can actually win this giveaway. And if you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to start a podcast or I want to work with you. Incredible. I have two spots open for one-on-one coaching right now. So we'll either work together to launch your podcast, or if you have a podcast and you're getting really burnt out and you're like on the verge of quitting, don't quit. Let's chat. Let's see how we can revive it, bring it back to life, give it some CPR and start growing it and even monetizing it. So those two spaces for one-on-one coaching, I will link the sales page in the show notes so you can check it out. And you can always book a free discovery call with me on my website. I'll put a link to that too. So again, there's two spaces open to start in August. They're really limited in availability, especially while I travel. I only take on a handful of clients every few months. So right now, if you feel like one of those two spots is yours, definitely let's chat so we can make sure that you're starting very soon before those spots get booked up. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will circle back next week if I haven't melted in my bed from the heat and pray for me. Let's pray for a cool breeze coming through my bedroom tonight. And let's pray that I don't die of heat stroke here. All right. That was a little too morbid. It's time to end this podcast. (laughs) I will talk to you all next week. 